This is Margaret Copeman Franklin coming to you today with another episode of Diabetic Survival. And I know it's been a while, it's been a couple of days, so you're probably looking forward to the next episode. Um, so I decided I might as well post, especially since, oh my gosh, newsflash, I heard the most awesome podcast ever from somebody I didn't expect to hear this from. So, um, okay, without further ado, let me begin by saying good morning or good afternoon or good evening whenever you're listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully my podcasts are helpful. If they are, please go ahead and pass this on to your friends who uh, might be interested in actually listening to a podcast. So, um, and thank you so much for listening from all over the world. Uh, you guys just amaze me. Some of the questions that come in are amazing. Like somebody asked me how long you have to be on keto. I have no idea. There are people that are on it for a lifetime. Some people are just on it for six months. Other people start for a month and then fail. Uh, of course, my reply was a little bit more personal for that person. But I thought it was a great question. How long do you need to be on keto? Um, okay, and that's what I'm talking about today. Keto. Uh, and, you know, just to answer the question, just to answer the question for the gentleman who actually asked me uh, via email, um, it's up to you. Diabetics, if they're on keto long term till the day they die, is probably a good thing um, because keto actually is a great diet to be on. But uh, that, that leads me into today's topic. So it was perfect timing. So thank you for that that question from, I'm just going to say from Massachusetts. So um, good old USA. All right. So that's going to lead me into my topic with, um, I'm going to talk about Dr. Mehmet Oz. Um, he's very famous. So when he says things, people actually listen because um, a lot of the things that he talks about are usually new and he's all for it and stuff. But I was really surprised that he was talking about keto today. And, of course, I could tell he was very cautious over the keto, too. So, I mean, there's probably been some concerns and such uh, that he was actually... I'm, I'm assuming this, that he was actually concerned with, which is the reason why he waited so late to talk about keto in this manner. But he had on his show several guests who swear by keto, and they're in fantastic shape. And it's just amazing their transformations that they can actually make. So this actually was just posted to YouTube possibly four hours ago, uh, my time, so 3.54 uh, on February 1st. And so of course I had to talk about Dr. Mehmet Oz because I have listened to him. I've been kind of like one of those fangirls for, for years. I listen off and on, but he didn't really talk about the keto thing, so I went online and started learning about it there. Um, this is kind of funny, though, because I think, you know, I, I do listen to Dr. Stein Eckberg religiously. Sometimes I fall asleep to it and think that I've watched it and have to re-watch it and realize I didn't pay attention to what he just said. So I re-listened to all the old information uh, that Dr. Eckberg actually comes out with because his information is so amazing. So um, he had this one YouTube video is called How Much Fat is Too Much Fat? 
And uh, that's a very excellent video if you have time to watch it on YouTube. If you have a good 30 minutes, 30, 30 to 45 minutes to actually spend on it. And so I was actually re-watching that one as well because I'm thinking, hey, this is pretty good because I just saw another episode on Dr. Stein Eckberg. And this is so funny. I was, I was watching the episode and of course, um, it was one of his older videos from a year ago, of course. And he did a lot of videos back then. And uh, he actually, he kind of poked a jab at Dr. Mehmet Oz. Not a bad jab, but it was kind of like a little jab. I don't even remember what it was about, but it was kind of funny because, now mind you, this is in my head. This is not me. This is actually happening. But I always thought that there was kind of like a war going on with Dr. Mehmet Oz and Dr. Stan Eckberg where uh, Dr. Stanekler was into the keto diet and Dr. Mehmet Oz was going, no, no, you can't do that. Cause, uh, because Dr. Oz, for the longest time, used to talk about low-fat diet. And so, of course, a lot of Americans were actually sold on that. So for him to actually start talking about fat now is kind of like really weird. But he has a lot of reservations. And mind you, that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to be you know, to have reservations about something that you would have never considered in a million years, especially if you're telling your own patients to stay away from fat. And then all of a sudden people start saying, well, I'm losing weight on this fat. And then he goes, and he bounces back with, yes, but you may lose 60 pounds now, but what are the long-term results of your diet? And yes, of course, he has some serious reservations about it, but I know two well, I know one heart surgeon now. Dr. Stein Eckberg is, is a decathlon and doctor. Um, I'm not quite sure. I don't think he's a heart doctor. But um, uh, Dr. Gundry, uh, who's, an, who's, a, who's totally separate out of this, is he does the Paradox diet and stuff. So um, he's more into lectins and their effects on the body. But he's also talking about a high-fat diet. So this is really interesting. So between all the doctors, all these major doctors, I'm taking in all this information. I'm like so excited because I'm seeing this this uh, tennis match between all of them. And, you know, this is good, but this is bad and stuff of that nature. And I mean, it literally can make you feel like a heart surgeon sometimes, especially when you start getting into it. And I'm like, but, you know, Dr. Mehmet Oz would say this. But then again, Dr. Stein Eckberg would say this. So I don't know who's right, who's wrong. I guess we'll see who lives the longest. I guess that's the only way to actually tell. And I think it's not going to have anything to do based on genetics or fat, but a lot to do with who can make the most money and stay alive the longest because, you know, they can afford the surgeries and stuff to do that. But, okay, I regress. So let's talk about Dr. Oz first. So he came out with this program and he had a bunch of people coming up on stage some people who were professional dietitians, uh, athletes, etc., who swear by the keto diet. Okay, we have these perfectly physically fit, beautiful, gorgeous people who say that they couldn't have lost, like for instance, 35 pounds, 50 pounds, whatever pounds, and be in the greatest shape of their lives without the keto diet. Um, one thing I have noticed though is um, they are. At least the women were into portion control still, like the, the, the women that were actually on keto. And uh, they talk about the lifestyle and how much better it is. And of course, all of them look very young for their age. And that's one of the things that I have noticed about keto is it will make you look young. I, 
I swore it was my metformin, but it might have something to do with keto or a little bit of both. So even there are days when I look older too, I start looking my age, but then there's other days when I stick to my keto and I look like I just took 10 years off, off my life or 10 years off of my age, I should say. So then I look younger. So I have days I look younger, some days I look older, but that's probably because I'm close to hitting 50. And, uh, so that's just what the body does. I've seen some people my age and to me, my age does look and reflect 48 but I've seen some people, like people I've gone to, you know, I've, I've seen around, gone to school with, they look so much older. And it's, it's kind of shocking, but, you know, that's another story. So Dr. Oz was actually telling them, asking them what kinds of foods you eat, you know. So, and then, of course, it's, it's pretty religious what people, I mean, I'm not saying it's a religious experience or anything. I'm just saying it's pretty universal what keto people are saying that's actually working for them, such as the keto coffee where you're putting butter in your coffee and, um, you know, very small amount of of protein. Some people say 25, some say 30% of protein and then like, you know, 70 to 80% uh, fat and very little carbs. Carbs is like 5%. But I'm starting to think that, I mean, really, um, you don't need to put any breads in your diet whatsoever. Of course, a lot of us do. I mean, it's certainly not going to kill you to put a little bit of bread in there, but I guess if we start looking at breads and grains as if they're like sugar, like a dessert, I don't think any of us would actually eat them because they're not really that good if you think about it. Um, okay, you can't beat fresh bread. You just can't. But how often do we get fresh bread? Like never? I mean, maybe you go to the, your bakery and they just baked it out of the oven and stuff and you have a fresh loaf of bread. But I haven't had a fresh loaf of bread, I don't think, ever. So it's always been sitting around for a little while, getting stale and stuff of that nature. So I'm going to start looking at bread just like sweets. And um, so it was, it was very interesting, um, the discussions they actually had. And they showed like the portion size of meat. Like for the, the female athlete that she was talking about, she's been on keto for 10 years, I believe. Um, on Dr. Met, on the Dr. Met Oz show, but she was saying uh, no bigger than the palm size of your hand, which is pretty typical. And uh, she actually grabs with her hands things that she needs for for a meal. Like she'll take two or three cups of vegetables. She'll grab that with her hands and put it in there. Or she'll say no more than a piece of meat that's the palm size of your hand, and no more thicker than both both hands put together. Which is actually kind of big, actually, if you think about it. But I think she was just doing her fingers. So I mean, it's not a very big piece, but she was talking about how to measure out. She's she's like two to three ounces of meat. Um, and of course, I've mentioned this before. I mean, you can actually do sardines in the can. You know, they come in these three-ounce cans. And those are very good for you. Uh, probably not the, the, the stuff that comes out of the metal can, the BPAs, I think they call them. But those cans, you just peel back and you just eat them. I used to just, like when I'm back when I was a truck driver, that's all I had was fish. And I'd have three cans a day. And I, I was hungry. I needed vegetables and stuff. But at the same time, I'm driving a truck and don't have access to a stove. And there's aren't, there isn't too many fast food places that will actually serve vegetables. So um, there are a few, though. There are a few, but they're in town just not at truck stops. So, um, Dr. the Dr. Oz program was pretty interesting. If you actually get online, you can see his latest video. 
But uh, back to Dr. Stein Eckberg's podcast, How Much Fat is Too Much Fat. And so he, he, I like it because he kind of explains why you eat fat. And I think this would definitely apply to us diabetics, but I'm kind of glad the mainstream's kind of swinging over to keto and stuff. I mean, they have been for a while, especially athletes and stuff, but um, especially important for us diabetics. Now, the fat does not trigger an insulin response, according to what Dr. Stein Eckberg actually says. So basically what this means is um, it's not raising our blood sugars, right? So that's why eating fats like fatty fishes or nuts or avocados or eggs, that's why that stuff's important is because we're not going to get the glucose spike. And for me, I mean, my body lets me know when I've actually had too much um, carbs in my body. And sometimes I mess up. Actually, I mess up a lot, probably every day. Try not to, but um, if, if I've made a mistake and I've actually eaten a carb that I shouldn't have, my heart will start racing and I won't feel as good. I might get tired, etc. Um, and I'm not like that as long as I stay, stay away from carbs. So if you need more energy, uh, it could be as easy as eliminating your carbs. Now you automatically, now you're not eliminating all carbs, mind you. You're just eliminating carbs out of bread products, okay? So um, that's what you're eliminating is, is the carbs. And uh, so usually what, what does not trigger a response is like if you have some nuts, you have some peanuts or have some walnuts, have some pecans. Uh, there was another keto guy on the Dr. Oz show that was actually mentioning macadamia nuts because... They're high in fat and low in protein. And that seemed to be pretty important to be also be low in protein because you need so little of it. I am horrible if you... I, you cannot use me as a keto model because I definitely eat more protein than uh, I should. So I think my protein's a little bit higher than that. And uh, that's something I'm going to definitely have to work on. See, I'm not perfect either. I'm still working on me. I'm still working on the getting it down, dwindling, dwindling it down to 25 to 35 percent. But 25 to 30. Sorry, my apologies. But because uh, the fat, I, I do have a hard time taking in. Um, I've tried the butter and coffee. I don't like it. Um, I've tried the MCT oil and coffee. I'm not a fan. There's some people that swear by this. They love it. And like they'll do butter in their coffee and then they'll go all morning. They kind of do like the keto bomb in the morning. That's, that's all they'll take in until lunchtime. And they, they just squeeze their food in, 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 in this little short window. And then they intermittent fast the rest of the time. And of course don't necessarily like that word intermittent fasting. Because I don't like the word fasting. It sounds like you're dying. Um, they just won't take any more food in. How's that? So they won't take any more food in after they eat their meal. You know, their window is uh, just five hours to eat, four to five hours to eat, and then they're, you know, not eating the rest of the time. There we go. So the program was interesting because Dr. Mehmet Oz is a heart surgeon, and he's he's on the air. Now, I guess what would also be kind of interesting is if Dr. Mehmet Oz actually met with uh, Dr. Eckberg and also with Dr. Gundry 
I, I mean, I would assume that would be a really good discussion, but also one that was highly controversial because they each have their own little twitches to it. Like, for instance, Dr. Gundry, yeah, he goes into the plant paradox where there's certain vegetables that are poisonous, like tomatoes, because they put off too many lectins, and vegetables actually uh, emit a toxin that doesn't necessarily kill you, but it actually inflames parts of your body. So this is kind of interesting, too. I mean, there's a whole uh, new diet just based off of removing the lectins out of your food. And uh, actually, if you go online, if you go to Facebook, for instance, you can actually find these groups. Just type in Plant Paradox, and they go into all about removing lectins from the food and such. And I think each one of these doctors has a valid point, even though they may slightly disagree with each other, because... They're very convinced that their diets are the way to go. I mean, like literally, I mean, it's like a new religion or something. I mean, I hate to say that new religion, but I mean, it'd be the difference between uh, Mormonism and, and being Catholic or being uh, for Judaism, being, you know, Judaism, Catholicism and Mormonism, all different. So, um, so different doctors think different ways. But what I'm actually capturing out of this is I'm trying to find their similarities and their, their uh, definitely their similarities when it comes to the keto diet because I'm trying to fine tune my diet to where it works for me and that's very hard. There's a lot of different foods that you can eat and then there's a lot of foods you can't either. Like there's not going to be any more sweet rolls. Sorry, no more. Go say goodbye to the cinnamon roll. Even though cinnamon's excellent for you diabetics, by the way. You can put cinnamon in other products, of course. Um, also have to say goodbye to cake. And I mean, this is the stuff I've said goodbye to you a long time ago. Anyways. I was never allowed to overeat this stuff, you know, in front of my parents. Um, like I said, in front of my parents. <laughs> so... Um, so a little bit of this is common sense. I mean, obviously, if you're on a diet, drinking a Dr. Pepper is probably not going to do you any good if you're trying to lose weight. I mean, you may feel good about it. You may feel like you got away with something, but it doesn't mean it's good. So I'm listening to, to these doctors talk back and forth. And, of course, I know that there's different types of keto out there, too, like the dirty keto where... People, you know, they get busy with their lives, and so they go to the fast food restaurant, and then they think, oh goodness, what am I going to order? There's nothing keto on the menu, so I'll just order a hamburger and take the buns off and just eat the eat the hamburger. Well, they actually do consider that dirty keto. I necessarily don't, um, but it actually is. It's dirty keto. I mean, let's just admit it. So basically what I've done is I've taken the bun, and I've thrown them away, and I've just eaten the meat and the lettuce, and... Just for Dr. Gundry's sake, I'm not eating the tomato just because he talked about lectins. So, um, I certainly don't want my killer tomato killing me. It's not going to, but, you know, if it's going to damage my blood vessels and stuff, then I'm going to just put it to the side. So, our diets that we were actually taught, well, when we were taught how to eat back in the 80s and 90s by our parents, where you eliminate the fat, I think it's absolutely hilarious that you now have to ignore the guidelines from what you were told back in the 80s and 90s as well. And now you have to embrace fat because fat is what actually makes you thin. And that's where it's at. 
Yeah, I know. Stick of butter? You're better off eating that. I mean, nobody wants to eat a stick of butter, though. I mean, come on. I certainly don't want to put butter in my coffee. I don't think it tastes good. I would much rather use cream, and cream has fat in it, so I'll take it in that way. So, that's why I'm saying I'm hoping I get enough fat. So, um, when I cook my food, I always make sure to put a lot of butter on my egg, because, of course, that's a fat. And, uh, I mean, I'm not talking about pouring, like, a cup on it or anything, but I'll use a big, huge tablespoon and put it on there, because I know I need to get that fat in there. Or like if I make bacon, and God forbid, nobody talks about sausage, but why not? It is fat. So because it is fat, that's the reason why I eat sausage. You know, I drain it and stuff. I mean, I don't necessarily want all that saturated fat in me. Um, and what I'll do is, is I, I don't get it by any means, but uh, because you want to use the cleaner fats, like avocado oil or olive oil or etc., um, but there's another thing that's important too, is, um, you need to make sure that you're getting the right types of olive oil and, uh, there's only one cost effective way of actually getting real olive oil and that's to actually get a membership at Costco. Yes, Costco, I am actually advertising you guys for one of your products. Now, mind you, they got a lot of great products like bacon, avocados, olive oil, etc., but for this main reason, I'm going to tell you why you need to get it. Now, you don't have to. I mean, you can always go to Trader Joe's and probably find an actual real olive oil. But because we don't actually know what oil they put in the olive oil at Walmart, and what they're actually cutting it with, Costco has been the only verified source over and over where I've heard it again and again that Costco olive oil is probably the best you can buy in the market. Unless you go to Trader Joe's and ask to be a specific brand. If you do that, I cannot remember what it, what it was. But the olive oil in the glass bottles at Costco is the real deal. Or they said it was plastic, actually. But you do want to try to buy it in a glass jar because you don't want those toxins leaching in from your plastics. And that, that can actually occur. So I'm um, not trying to be a food snob or anything. I'm just saying, you know, there's some people that just want the real McCoy. Okay, so one of the problems with the olive oil, and this, this strays away from the talk of, talk of Dr. Mehmet Oz and Dr. Stein Eckberg, but because this is a totally different podcast as well, what they were saying about the olive oils is a lot of them are uh, refurbished. Like they'll take, they, they're, they're saying that the olives come from different sources. Uh, the olive oil does. And so it can be cut with cottonseed oil or corn oil or canola oil and it kind of defeats the purpose of actually taking a healthy olive oil because when you have a good healthy olive oil that actually uh, coats the insides of your your veins according to um, Dr. Gundry so Dr. Gundry said it kind of works as like a Teflon to actually you know uh, repel the bad saturated fats so that's kind of cool. That's why he was talking about, um, and I've, I've ta- mentioned this as well in a couple of episodes, but he had mentioned uh, taking a shot of olive oil every morning. This is Dr. Gundry. This is something I'm still not doing. I still need to buy the, the olive oil from Costco. So you know I'm not doing things right. I, I have my Walmart olive oil sitting on my shelf. 
And according to Dr. Gundry, you need to drink like a liter of this every week. You need to go through a full bottle. And that, I mean, this diet sounds good and all, but it seems so um, hard. I'm like wondering how I lost weight, um, you know, last year, or was it the year before last? So it was two years ago when I was on the keto diet. I'm kind of wondering how I actually lost weight because I was doing things absolutely strictly keto. The items that I knew were keto and, um, it was strictly keto. And I'm kind of wondering how I got that much fat in me, but I still managed to lose the weight. So it's not hard. It's definitely not expensive. And it's definitely everybody's best interest. So there are a couple of naysayers out there, but they don't have their own show. So I don't know what to tell you there. So I couldn't even lead you to any any opposing views on keto. But one of the things is, is keto has worked for so many people and been so beneficial Um, when you lose 60 to 80 pounds, that's a huge achievement. You almost lost another person in your body. So, I mean, that's huge. And that's an eye opener because people, um, you know, just like you, you might, or you may know somebody who, who's so overweight that they just gave up and they're not going to diet anymore because they have so much weight to lose. But I'm telling you, it can be done and it can be fun. Uh, keto's delicious. I, I sound like a big advertisement for keto. But I'm so excited that Dr. Mehmet Oz is posting this too. And he knows it now too. Now he's raving about it. He's like, everybody's doing it. Well, yes, we've known for years. But what's taking you so long, Dr. Oz? We've been doing this for years, right? Some of you guys out there are thinking about doing it. Some of you might have actually done it. And some of you are doing it now. Um, Keto's definitely not a struggle, but I can I, I, I can definitely say that if you are craving carbs, I totally relate to you. I understand it. You know, keep up with your keto diet. Um, look for different alternatives to bread products. Like definitely look into the keto breads and keto donuts. It, usually the bread's a little bit high carb, like uh, Fran's actually produces a keto bread, but usually it's like 12 grams of carbs per slice. So, I mean, I guess uh, one slice won't kill you or anything. Um, and certainly a diabetic can have one slice of the Fran's bread. However, I, I can't even not tell you if it's going to kick you out of ketosis or not because um, it's so easy to kick a person out of ketosis with just a slice of bread, any slice of bread. Unless, of course, it's made out of an almond flour or coconut flour or, you know, a mixture of both of those types of flours. So, um, and to make it, it's actually quite expensive. Uh, usually to buy it too, if you buy a loaf of keto bread from a bakery, like let's say your bakery, you're fortunate enough to have a keto bakery near you. That loaf of bread, I wouldn't be surprised if it cost anywhere between $10-$15 just for a loaf of bread. But then you know you shouldn't be on it, so definitely treat that as a treat. I mean, I guess you can buy a loaf once in a blue moon of a keto bread, but it's still going to have carbs in it. So, um, but you know, some people, they just, they need their bread products. So I'm not judging by any means. I'm just saying that's a little, very expensive for a loaf of bread. 
So, okay, so before I forget, and I'm going to jump back to Stein Eckberg, Dr. Stein Eckberg. The reason being is because he knows his stuff. He definitely knows his material. And, uh, again, his website, not his website, his uh, YouTube talk, podcast, talk cast, is a video cast, I should say. How much fat is too much? Well, you know, he, like he explained, it's not really about that. It's about satisfying your appetite. It's about not triggering insulin. It's about learning how to regulate your appetite. And it does that. Keto will absolutely regulate your appetite. I don't think that there is one single diet out there besides the keto diet that will actually help you regulate your appetite to where you're not hungry. Because every single diet I've ever been on, the Slim Fast Diet, Jenny Craig, um, the Cabbage Diet, um, you name it, uh, AIDS candies from back in the 80s <laughs> before they had to change the name, uh, all those diets, they leave you hungry. Now, the AIDS candies, they were just like these little squares that you ate, right? And it's supposed to suppress your appetite until, you know, you had your next big meal. So, um, the diets in the past were based on starvation. And, of course, that's a great diet. I mean, that's great for intermittent fasting. You're starving yourself. And, of course, you're not going to trigger any... um, Well, I mean, you might trigger insulin response, but... What I'm trying to say is that's a great way of dieting. Uh, that's also a great way of dying. So, you know, there's no reason for it. Enjoy your food. Put more fat in your diet. Look into keto. Explore it. But remember, bread is going to trip you up. Anything sweet's going to trip you up. Any sugar's going to trip you up. You, these are things you need to eliminate if you actually go on keto. So you can't sit there and do everything perfectly keto. And I mean, I've been, I've been known to do this too. Right, I make this totally fantastic 100% keto meal and then I screw it up by having a piece of chocolate, like a big piece of chocolate, like a big piece of chocolate cake, you know, so, um, or something weird like that. So, um, and of course keto's not against chocolate at all, but you may not want to have a chocolate cake anymore, chocolate pudding or chocolate whatever. Uh, you might want to have a piece of chocolate, like a little bitty Hershey's dark chocolate bar or something with a little bit of peanut butter on the side. Um, <laughs> I love chocolate and peanut butter, by the way, especially if it's keto. Then it's like ultra sweet. Okay, so speaking of sweet themes, we already know, most of us already know that diabetics can have uh, sweetened products as long as there's sweetener in it. But there was also something else that Dr. Dr. Stein Eckberg said that raised a hair of my eyebrow just a tad bit because of what he said. He said that artificial sweeteners can indeed affect insulin response. So people, sweeteners are not 100%. There's still chance that it might raise your insulin responses and that would actually raise your, your hunger and sabotage your diet as well. So, so this totally goes along with a video I had actually seen where they did a study on a bunch of diabetics where they gave them certain products and tested them 
and some people just based on the fact that they thought they were giving going to get sugar it had actually raised their blood sugar yes you heard me right just thinking about it raised their blood sugar slightly so that's how well well tuned our bodies are to actually distinguish this stuff i mean all it takes is a thought i mean this is crazy it's hard being a diabetic people because even when we think we're doing everything right our minds can still betray us in our bodies so even i am still trying to process this information um but it's kind of interesting for instance like right now i'm drinking a green tea that has that's actually sweetened with cranberry in it and well to me that's sweet to some people that would be sour but to me that's sweet and so i did not add any sugar i did not add any sweetener it's just tea i did put some lemon in there some lemon drops in there and um i'm drinking that so I'm not quite sure if it's going to trigger an insulin response in me. But I did not put in artificial anything or sugar. You know, I don't do either or anymore. Um, as a matter of fact, I haven't done artificial sweeteners in a long time just because I just, you know, things are just too sweet as they are. And so I want to try to eliminate that. So um, I have noticed, though, that, like, for instance, um, I have some some planters peanuts i didn't buy them so of course i didn't get to choose what i actually got but they're honey roasted and of course those honey roasted planters peanuts now that's a sneaky sugar because i can't even eat any more of those because as soon as i read the back of the package and i'm notorious for doing this then i don't eat it anymore if i find out especially in the planters peanuts that the second ingredient was sugar however if you look at the ingredients list it says four grams so i could probably get away with it because, as you know, milk has more of it in it. But that's still on the debatable channel. If I'm actually going to toss it or just eat it in moderation. And if I eat it in moderation, I'll probably have the bottle for a very long time before I actually toss it out. So I'm not going to do a segment on what you should eat on the keto diet. I'm not laying out a food plan for you. The reason being is because I do not feel confident enough to actually be people's dietitian, And so I'm leaving that up to you. There are several good people that I've mentioned that actually do um, recommend certain foods on the keto diet. And of course, Dr. Eckberg, Stein Eckberg does. Uh, Dennis Pollock, who I've mentioned, Dennis Pollock's not a doctor, but he is very, very well versed with what you can and what you can't eat and he does experimental you know videos on different types of food he's eaten what spikes his his insulin insulin in his body and what doesn't um so i'm leaving that up to you because it's there's a little bit of research that has to be done on it and how your body actually responds to it and a little bit of testing on your behalf to make sure that that diet's actually working for you um, another thing that was actually mentioned by Dr. Stein Eckberg in his um, YouTube video on how much fat is too much fat is he, he wanted people to know uh, not to be discouraged if the keto didn't work right away. Because it does work for a few of us like, really well. And he said, like, don't be discouraged if you don't lose 80 pounds in five months. 
Uh, he said, because there's people who've done it. Amazing. <laughs> All of our body types are different. And so some of us may lose it a lot quicker than others. And uh, so, of course, I... This is just this is just my assumption right now, but I would assume if you're a really big person, for instance, if you're like three or four hundred pounds and you decided to do keto and you did strict keto, and so now you're just eating the good fats, you're not eating the bad fats. And if you lose 80 pounds in five months, it's going to be a little bit easier than somebody who's half the size. So. Um, Dr. Uh, Stein Eckberg said, don't be discouraged if you don't lose that kind of weight. Like if you don't lose 80 pounds in five months. Because we have a lot of things playing into it, especially if you're diabetic already. Then there's also other things to consider. Like for instance, if you're on insulin or not, it might take a little bit longer. And one thing I've seen over and over and over again is that that, uh, for many of us, it's a lifestyle choice. Like for Dr. Stein Eckberg, this is his lifestyle choice. I mean, I think the guy's on keto himself because I've never known anybody to be so passionate about a topic before without being fully involved in it and being sold on it. Um, also, uh, the guy that I mentioned earlier, the guy who who uh, actually does experimental food and stuff. Ah, I remember his name, Dr. Dr. Sorry, not doctor. He's not a doctor, but Dennis Pollock. Um, of course, he's he's made it a lifestyle choice for him to be on keto. So being on keto as a lifestyle choice is probably more appropriate for diabetics than the general population. But there are, of course, many athletes who have chosen to live the keto lifestyle as well. And so, of course, they're not going to ever be diabetic, obviously, because they're on keto. So um, enough cannot, enough good things cannot be said about the keto diet. So in conclusion, eventually, if you're not on keto, it's something to definitely consider. Your doctor probably will not suggest that anybody goes on keto because they probably don't know much about it, but you can always talk to them about it to see if they'd recommend it, of course. But like in my case where I'd already done keto and already decided to do keto without my doctor, um, I was already on metformin, told my doctor to give me a chance to actually reduce my numbers so I didn't go on insulin, etc. And I was actually re- able to reduce my insulin depend my my sorry not my insulin dependence but my um, well I was able to reduce insulin on my own to where up through diet to where I didn't need to go and start injecting insulin. I'm not going to inject insulin. There's it's just not going to happen. Not unless um, I've ended up in the hospital. And they're gonna, they're telling me if you don't go on insulin, you're going to lose a limb. Then that's serious. Like if my numbers were like 600 or something like that, which there are people that do get hospitalized for that, that's serious business. Um, one of the things I don't like hearing is when I have a coworker, they're just looking at me in disbelief and say, my sugar, blood sugar is 400, I don't know what to do. And I've had that happen a couple of times and I was just clueless. This is before I, I even knew I was a diabetic. I'm like, what are they talking about? What's this blood sugar and uh, so I mean just to see the lost hope on their faces and stuff 
on on two of my coworkers. I actually have had three coworkers where their blood sugar levels were just out of control. And I think that's the reason why I do this is just because I've seen so many things happen with diabetics where they thought that they were doing everything right and they were to a point but they needed to get rid of the carbs and that's what they didn't understand so it's so easy to get into the carb routine and carbs are dangerous carbs are actually an addiction just like sugar is and that's what us diabetics need to start looking at I mean we already see like cupcakes and cookies and stuff like that like a poison right But a lot of us need to start looking at carbs the same way. Carbs are the culprits. They're in everything. They're like everything. Now, of course, um, you know, our body actually converts our meats and stuff into carbs when it needs it. So, I mean, we don't need an uh, external source of carbs anymore. We don't need that. What we need is we need good fats. We need coconut oil. We need olive oil. Real olive oil real avocado oil and I've heard that some of those are fake too so I mean this is where you you gotta do a little bit of your research I don't use olive oil because of that reason Um, I only use olive oil and of course I bought the wrong brand I bought it from Walmart because I don't have Costco membership but obviously I need to get one if I want to get real olive oil and then of course Costco has all those other benefits like those yummy little snacks um as a matter of fact, I gotta tell you about the yummy little snacks that Costco actually services for their members. It's so much fun. Like when I was doing keto, one of the um, things I did for myself at the time, one of the special treats I did for myself was that I would allow myself to actually snack on the snacks that Costco gave out. So if there's like a little bit of carb there, it was okay because it was just a little pity snack. And those are probably more appropriate than actually eating like a large sandwich or whatnot. So you're eating like a little kid, but it's okay because that's just how our bodies are designed. Okay, that was just my little silly tidbit to add add into there. So anyways, again, I want to thank you very much for listening to my podcast and for tuning in. And um, hopefully I've uh, enlightened some of you or have, have encouraged you to actually share this with some of your friends and family who uh, may be diabetic. I, I'm not going to say that you have to do that by any means. Some people want that information. Uh, but many people don't and they're offended by it. So um, the thing is, is like, you know, it's just like when you tell somebody they might be diabetic and they're like, no, I'm not. I'm like, have you ever had your A1C? And they're like, what? <laughs> so it's like they don't know if they're diabetic or not. They don't want to know. And they certainly don't want you telling them. So don't tell them if, if, you, if you're going to, you know, get backlash for it. But um, like I said, it's like kind of like a new religion. People don't like it when you start talking religion or politics either. <laughs> so diets are kind of the same thing. I mean, we don't have anything else to talk about, seems like. But the people who do have open minds, uh, yes, please share with them. And please share with the people that want help, not with people who just are annoyed by you. I mean, don't, don't annoy anybody. Okay, so with that being said, I'm Margaret Coleman Frankwitz. 
be kind to each other and you have a great day.